Well, church, we're continuing on in um, our look through the book of Ruth. I shared, uh, I think it was last week, that this is one of my favorite stories in the whole of the Old Testament. So if you have a Bible, you can open up to the book of Ruth. It's right after the book of Judges, or you can pull it up on your phone, because I know a lot of people like to have their Bible that way as well. This is such a wonderful story. Um, It has it all. There's quite a lot in this story. But ultimately, it reveals the amazing grace and providence of God to carry out his will in the world. In this story, we see God's purposes come to pass. We've been focusing for a couple of weeks on different aspects of relationship. And last week, we talked a lot about commitment, the developing of deep commitment, which allows us to actually build relationships or construct relationships that are built to last. And primarily, that begins with our relationship with God, and ultimately, that then can spill out into the other relationships of our life when possible. There was that important caveat that we only have the ability to control what is within the span of our our arms if if we move like this. So if you are wanting to control things that are further out than that, good luck. Sometimes we barely can do that because our arms are not always in control. There are relationships in our lives that are beyond our control, and there are also relationships that are not safe to remain in control as well. So I just want to kind of put that out there as well. I realized last week that I probably didn't develop that as closely as I should. Commitment is something that involves, as we said last week, um, us making a pledge. We pledge our intentions. And in that pledge, we have to understand and accept what it will cost us. And then when we understand that cost, we actually prove the depth of our commitment by showing consistent action in our relationships. And to do this well is most difficult for certain. We shared some of the ways that it is difficult in our lives. It requires us to continue seeking to understand the revealed truth of God. But as we grow in our understanding of God's truth, it actually moves our hearts to act. It was something I was thinking about ahead of today, but also in some of the stories that you shared about our brother Jim, that Jim was learning things about God, and that was actually revealing things in his own heart and moving him to act, to cross borders, to really reach out to people that he saw with fresh eyes for the first time. All of this together acts to actually strengthen our faith. It almost like gives us a backbone of uh, like a a steely. It steals our faith, making us stronger for the journey that we're on. When our faith is made stronger, as we grow in wisdom and in uh, heartfelt action, then we are better able to actually invest in the relationships around us. Now, as we've said before, Sometimes we have to do our best, and we aren't promised that things are going to work out all the time. But God wants to encourage you today 
through this word to remain faithful. Remain faithful because God is faithful to you. So if commitment was the word that we focused on last week, then faithfulness is the word I want to focus on today. And as we move a little bit further in this story of Ruth and we jump into chapter 2, we actually will see this growing faith in both Ruth and in another character that will be introduced today. And in this, we see the blessing of faithfulness to God. On the back of, the, of your bulletin, I kind of put that as, if there was a big idea today, it involves faithfulness. And faithfulness opens us up to the ongoing blessing of God. I want to read the story this morning, um, the first part of chapter 2. And I'm going to just read it through because sometimes that helps us get the whole sense of the story. I'm going to actually begin in the last verse of chapter 1, verse 22. And then I'll read 2, 1 through 13. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go out into the harvest fields and pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter, go ahead. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. Verse 3, so Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters, the Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked the foreman, Who is that young woman over there? I'm just sort of interpreting the tone of that, you know? I mean, he's a guy, so he's probably, you know, his eyes are a little bit, you know, I'm sure his eyebrows are, are sort of raised at this moment. We'll take a little creative license. Who does she belong to, or does she belong to anyone at this point? And the foreman replied, She is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi, She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes' rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any of the other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly, and when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, 
the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Verse 13, and I'll close with this one. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. There are connections that we can see between our consistent faithful action and the releasing of God's blessing in and through our lives. Now, when we've talked about blessing before, I've cautioned us not to have such a small view of blessing that we see it primarily as just a bunch of more stuff, although that can be one aspect of it. It's so much bigger and broader than that. How do we see this in the story of Ruth? Um, I have three things that I want to just briefly touch on this morning, and I'll try to do it um, in a short amount of time as well. You know that that might be a challenge, but I'll do my best. Um, The first thing that I think we see is that God provides all that is needed. He provides what is needed in this story. And as you think about your life, he provides what you need as well. What have we said before? Not always what we want. I might want a whole bunch of new things but God will provide what I need, especially when it comes to carrying out his will and purpose for our lives. Now, how do we know this for sure? If we are to look all throughout the Bible, we know and actually can trust this because our God is faithful. It's one of the core elements, characteristics of God. It's part of God's core the God of love and compassion and mercy and justice is faithful above all else. It is actually God's faithfulness to you that enables you to be faithful, both to God and to the people that God calls you to be with in your life. It actually opens you to receive the abundant blessing of God. The provision of exactly what you need. And in this, as it works out in your life, you are able to actually fulfill your purpose that God intends for you. We see this at the very end of chapter 1 as Naomi and Ruth return to the land. Why had the family left the promised land in the first place? Who, who remembers? Yeah, there was, a, there was a giant famine. And we debated, did Elimelech make the right decision? Who knows for certain? Probably not, but we don't know for certain. But we know that there was a lot of heartache. And then finally, Naomi becomes aware that God has blessed the land again and there is food. And so they go back to the land. God provides the right time for them to return to the land. We also see at the very beginning of this story in chapter 1, God provides the right person Not only is Boaz wealthy and influential, who is this guy? He happens to be a relative, maybe a long-lost relative. They've been gone for 10 years. A long-lost relative. God provides the right person. 
The one person who was in a position to both offer tangible rescue for them. They are returning to the land, two widows. There are certain provisions that God has made for widows in the land, but it was, they were returning to the land, and it was going to be a rough life. God provides the right place. Some of uh, translations of the Bible say Ruth happened to be in this particular field by chance or by accident. What do I, what do I think about coincidences? No! There is no chance. There is no accident. Yes. It was common for widows to be picking leftover grain in the fields. It was one of the things that God provided for in his law. And at that moment, Ruth happens to catch the eye of Boaz. It's almost like a cool movie script already. Except, can't make this up. This was no chance accident. It is the exact provision of God so that his plan can go forward. What did we say last week? Who who descends from the line of Ruth eventually? We know Jesus. He provides the right words and questions. Boaz asks the right things. He says, who is she? I'm interpreting, he probably is thinking, I'm pretty interested right now. But the thing to remember about Boaz, he's an Israelite, and a Moabite woman has caught his eye. This is probably a little bit sketchy to be feeling this right now for him. Or society. One writer puts, it, puts the moment like this. In reality, the author of Ruth is screaming, see the hand of God at work here, doing what God wills that totally defies our expectations or even what we think should be the norm, the accepted norm. God is doing a new thing here. Is God faithfully working out his plan? Yes, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Friends, know the truth. God provides exactly what is needed. He's doing it here in this story, and I have total confidence that he is doing it for you in the things that he is calling you to do and be in this world. This was not a coincidence, but God's providence. As the Lord was faithful to them, so too he is faithful to you. The second thing that I want to highlight this morning is that God prepares you for the moment. You may not feel it. You may not think that you're ready. You may not even know what the moment is, but God is at work preparing you for the moment that he is calling you to. Verse 1 says that Boaz was a man of standing from the family group of Elimelech. He was just a part of the family. He didn't realize that this is what was supposed to be happening at this time, and yet God was orchestrating the circumstances for this to go forward. We know that Boaz was wealthy. He had lands and employees. 
There were probably plenty of moms nudging their daughters. What about that guy over there? He might be a good choice. He was strong. The name Boaz means strength or swiftness. He was godly, a man of noble character, of good standing in the community. He was kind. He had a spiritual dimension or orientation to his relationships. In verse 4, he greeted people warmly with a blessing. It gives you a sense of who the character of this man was, even though we don't know a whole lot about him. And he's a man of faith. In verse 12, his very first interaction with a young foreign woman who has caught his eye is this. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I don't know what Boaz knew or had been taught about Moab and Moabites up to that point. We have some suspicions that they probably were not charitable always. They knew that they were long-distant family members, but they weren't really supposed to interact with those people, as sometimes we might be tempted to say. And yet he responds in loving kindness. The picture Scripture paints for us is that he was probably the bachelor in Bethlehem. So why hadn't he married? While we don't really know, we know that something, or maybe more appropriately, someone, was stopping him or preventing him. You see, God was preparing him for this very moment. Preparing and leading him. Friends, can you see the hand of God at work in this story? In your life, is God faithfully working out his plan for you? What is he preparing you for? What has he been preparing you for, both in days past and in days to come? Last thing I want to mention from this story this morning is that God protects the steps of faith. From the very beginning of her walk with the Lord, Ruth develops and demonstrates a consistency in her, in her obedience. We said last week that a lot of what Ruth does, she knows that it is very costly for her. She is stepping into a completely new situation. She knows that she is a foreigner, and that's how people view and see her. And so her encounter with Boaz was probably surprising at, at some level. We, we see that in some of her response. We see her believe in the Lord and actually accept him while she's still in Moab. We see her wait patiently with Naomi until the right time, even though she had no idea how God was going to provide for her. We see her live with honor. No one told her to take care of her mother-in-law. She chose to stay with her. She said, no, let me remain with you. She asks Naomi, actually, let me go find work to help us survive. She's sensitive to God's leading. We don't know how God brought her to that field, but we, we know for sure that he did. And she went. You see, God protects his faithful people and he guards their steps of faith, especially when it is those things that will allow you to fulfill God's purpose in, for you in your life. 
Psalm 91 says this, If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. That all sounds well and good, but we have to remember that first part. If you make the Lord your refuge. What was that scripture reference? Psalm 91. I listed it under number three. That was one of the memory verses we had to And that was one of the verses in the covenant annual meeting that I just finished participating in. Do you not see the Spirit of God? moving. Boaz to Ruth, may the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. Know that God is protecting your steps of faith and all the steps of his people who act in faith. And friends, as we consider all of how God is at work and guiding and directing In all of this, he blesses in ways that we cannot even imagine. He blesses through his unexpected provision. Not merely in meeting basic needs, but exceeding our wildest expectations. Ruth went looking for the provision of food. Certainly not a husband. Boaz went looking to check on his harvest. Certainly not expecting to be led to one who he would Mary, which we'll get to next week. God blesses through his unbelievable presence. God blesses through his unlimited power. He does the seemingly impossible, bringing a man of standing from Bethlehem in the same family line together with Ruth the Moabite, a member of a people whom God had said, make sure you don't get involved, or you may be tempted to follow another God. What has happened to Ruth so far? She has already believed in the Lord God. She said in verse, in chapter 1, your God will be my God. God will always see his plan through to completion, especially if you are ever tempted to fret about the state of God's work in the world. And he chooses to do this in and through each of us. You know, there were so many opportunities, and we'll read some more in the coming weeks, for Ruth and Boaz to zig instead of zag, but they are continued, they are open to God's continual leading in their life. And as we will see, he delivers. Faithfulness to God and his plan, I believe, is the key for us. Not just I believe, I know it is the key. It's the key that locks everything else. It opens you and grows your own faith, and it simultaneously strengthens and deepens your relationship with God. And as I said at the very beginning, this spills out into the rest of your life, the rest of the significant relationships around you. I want to close with a couple of questions. I put them on the bottom of your bulletin and also up on the screen. These are some good questions to reflect on. How is God providing for 
you or how has God provided for you? How is God preparing you for the right moment? And how is God protecting your faithful steps or how has God protected your steps of faith? Friends, the reason these are good to reflect on in this coming week, when you think of these things, it actually gives us greater opportunity to give thanks to God. It gives us more confidence that God actually does know what he's doing. He does have a plan, even if we aren't always aware of it. Though the journey may be painful, long, and hard for each of us, the blessing of faithfulness always leads to a stronger, more lasting blessing of God, a deep, transforming relationship with him. And friends, this is the best blessing that is worth aiming for and living for. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I pray for this group of people. I pray for people that you are drawing to your presence by the power of your spirit. People that you have carefully watched over. People whom you are are tending the soil of their life for just the right moment and for, for ways that they alone may accomplish your purpose with the gifts that you have given to them. God, will you continue to open our eyes, strengthen our faith, help us to be faithful to you because you are already and always faithful to us. I pray that as our relationship with you is strengthened, that this may spill out and pour into all of the other relationships of our life. That we would be able to deepen those bonds with other people. God, we thank you for some of those bonds that were shared at the very beginning of this with our brother Jim. We thank you that he is with you in glory. As you say, well done, good and faithful servant. We pray all this in the strong and powerful name of Jesus.